Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A place for everything and everything in its place. Wouldn't that be nice? Isn't that always feel good when everything is set just so? Or so I'm told, that's really not a motto I live by. <laughs> a place for you know, things here and there. This season of Lent, we will travel to the places of the Passion, the places where our Lord Jesus suffered, died, and rose again for you and for your salvation. You've been to those places before. The Upper Room, the Garden of Gethsemane, the Judgment Halls of Pontius Pilate, the Hills of Golgotha, the Cross, the Empty Tomb. Familiar places which we have visited before, yet when Jesus enters a place, he never leaves it the way he finds it. When Christ enters in, a place is never the same. Jesus enters into the places of our lives, even the most troubling places, and they become amazing places of God's grace when Jesus visits them. The places of the Passion are the places of Jesus suffering for sin. And so the places of the Passion are the places of your salvation, the places of your healing. So as we make our journey, we begin in the Gospel according to St. Luke, in the upper room, where Jesus makes preparation for a supper, at a table, for his disciples, and a place for you. If you set something down and you leave it in that place long enough, it leaves a mark. Maybe your favorite chair has that perfect spot that can tell, yep, that's where you settle right in, right? Rearrange your furniture in your house and it's hard to disguise where it all used to sit. The marks of the feet the worn paths of travel, the unfaded carpet no longer hidden beneath. If you take a look right over here, the spot where the organ used to sit, there is a perfect square right where it was. You can tell it has left its mark. Now a phrase closely uttered after the daring phrase, hey guys, watch this, comes an inevitable refrain of, ooh, that's going to leave a mark. See, sometimes misbehaving foolishness quickly reveals why we were warned. Don't throw the ball in the house. Don't run with pointy objects. No, don't try to jump over your little brother with the homemade ramp. That's going to leave a mark. Warnings give protection. And unheeded, sometimes consequences will give wisdom. And sometimes these consequences do indeed leave a mark. Sin has left its mark. Sins that are let to sit and settle leave a deeper mark. They become familiar and unheeded, almost ignored. They are so familiar. They leave their marks on our conscience, and so we no longer even feel guilt or shame because of the familiar. Settled sins 
leave their marks on our relationships, in our churches, in our communities, and in our jobs, and in our families. Sin leaves a mark, and it is not a pretty sight. You and I bear the marks of sin. We dispense the marks of sin to others. So we must join with the psalmist and say, against God we have sinned and done what is evil in his sight. And so we turn to him and repent. We turn. That's what the word repentance means, to turn, to turn away, to turn back. So we turn to God in faithful repentance, seeking his mercy and his forgiveness. We look to see where is our place now? What mark is left for us? In Scripture, repentance would be shown by using ashes. Someone repentant would sit in ashes if they were in mourning or if they were in sorrow, or they would pour them over their heads to show repentance, sorrow for sin and lament. This was a visible and physical reminder of the connection between sin, of which they are repenting, and death, which is the wages of sin. In the sin of Adam and Eve, death entered the world, and God declared, Dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Ashes remind us of our dusty beginnings and our dusty end in death because of our sin. And so we call the beginning of the season of Lent, the beginning of the season of repentance for sin, we call it Ash Wednesday. Grab your bulletin and open to that first page. You see a mark in the upper left-hand corner, do you not? The mark made with ash for Ash Wednesday. Made from the ashes of uh, palms used last year in Palm Sunday and forming the sign of the cross this points us to the ash of repentance and to the cross of Jesus. Feel it. It'll rub off onto your fingers. That mark is there, but it is not permanent. Because the mark of sin can be effaced by the blood and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We cry out to God, create in me a clean heart, O God, because my heart, it is not clean. I am by nature sinful and unclean. So we pray, cleanse me that I may be whiter than snow. Mark me with the blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God, upon my doorposts and upon my heart. Pass over me that I may pass over death and into eternal life. The ashes of Wednesday connect us to the Passion Week of Jesus where he will go to the cross and lift us up from the ashes and exchange them instead for a feast of gladness that he has prepared. He told his disciples, Peter and John, go make preparations, and what do they find? It's all just as he has says it would be, said it would be. Jesus has done the preparing and that Passion Week, that Thursday evening on the night when he was betrayed, 
Jesus sat at the Passover with his disciples. The meal that was told, the meal that told the story of deliverance from slavery in Egypt and death therein, Jesus leads us into a meal instead of eternal deliverance from slavery to sin and eternal death. At the meal, all is prepared. Jesus, the host, has provided finest bread of his body and richest wine of his very blood. And they blot out the mark of sin. And it is no more. And at that table, at that feast, you have a place prepared just for you. So tonight, as we begin our Lenten observances with the celebration of this Lord's Supper, God comes and brings with him a feast that always has a place for you. Here in God's house, you have a place. Some of you have the same place in God's house every week, don't you? Maybe it's uh, fifth row back by the second uh, stained glass window, or maybe it's lectern side about six rows back. I can usually tell who's here and who's missing. And you have a place, but it is not a permanent place. For you're sitting in someone's spot who was there 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 100 years ago. And someone will sit there, God willing, 100 years from now, receiving the same gifts. Because at the table, there is always a place prepared, a place of forgiveness, a place of renewal. Tonight, there is a place set at God's table for you. It's a simple meal. It's a simple story. It's a simple remembrance. But what a wonderful work God has done and is doing for his people now and in your life. So the mark of sin is blotted out in the death of Jesus. And at this feast, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And at this table, there is a place prepared for you. In Jesus' most holy name, amen. And the peace which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.